and welcome to the Daft Souls podcast. It's a bit of a classic old school one here in the fact that this week it's just me and Mr. Christopher Brown. Oh God, is that where we're at now? Are we old school when it's, yeah, when it's just the two of us? Old school like happy shopping, <laughs> etc. It, it was only like two years ago or something. I know, but I mean... Less like, than that. I know, but it's like, I think it's just because when we started doing Daft Souls, we've done more than 50 episodes now, but there was a, a few times quite early on when it was just me and you and it was fine. Yeah. We just talked about XCOM yeah. and that was fine. I'm trying not to do that. But it makes me think it's old school because it's like two years ago. Two years is a long time in yeah. internet land. Yeah. I mean, you sitting around talking about games... So yeah, obviously it's the, the old traditions come back. I've just mm-hmm. sit here and just make you feel uncomfortable. Excellent. So Chris Brown, I've been watching what games you've been playing. Yep. And I've been playing them as well. Oh, great. How far does this go back? goes all the way back. Oh, God, man, that's dedication. <laughs> no, it doesn't really. <laughs> I, I tried some stuff that you've been playing. This is totally the way around, by the way, because you were playing a game that I was also playing, and I saw it on Steam and messaged you. So. Yeah, but why do you think I started playing it? Oh, wow, fuck. Yeah. Okay, you win. <laughs> <laughs> you were game. like, oh, you're playing the game I'm playing. I'm like, yeah, I know, I saw you playing it. So I thought, I figured that because you were playing that game that you'd probably talk about it. Can we so, start calling it that game? And Although that is a better name than the actual name. Game. Which yeah. is... Sky Shines Bedlam. Sky Shines Bedlam. So it was originally called Just Bedlam, and I think they ran into some kind of trademark issue, which yeah. is why they've got this name that isn't as good. I think there's another game called Bedlam. Yeah. Uh, which is good. because Sky Shine Games like, is the name of the company as well. Because at first I was like, that's really egotistical, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, Sky Shines Bedlam. And uh, I thought, mm, it's like Sid have, you <laughs> have you learned that yet? Are you Sid Meier? Uh, are you Sid Meier? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it is a legal evasion yep. thing. They probably could have just given it a different name. But yeah. uh, it's it's sky shine my balls. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Um, so make them shiny. It's a turn-based strategy game, which is a surprise that we've both been playing one of those. I know, right? And it's saying kind of like a, a Mad Maxy environment. It's post-apocalyptic. There's a big wasteland that you want to drive across in a big kind of armored tank-like fortress vehicle. Yeah, it's really cool. It's got like a real, a real. I mean, I'm just going to come out here and say it. I don't, I don't like it. Yep. Well, <laughs> I've just, I've just finished writing the review for, for it, and I didn't like it either. Well, this podcast will be going up on Monday, so yep. I don't know when the review. So, uh, oh man, it's annoying because I, God damn it, you're a gamer. I can't say, it, and I gave it a out of ten because I, it's out because the review's not going up till after Monday. I know, and the fact that we don't do the scores anymore. Oh, so, of course you do. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't get it a badge, which is is. Sometimes one of the worst things you can do because the the the, the badges if you're not familiar with Eurogamer. I've been on your website. You oh. guys give badges out to bloody everything. <laughs> so you've got like essentials. It's, like it's like being a Cub Scout. Essentials like, yeah, that's 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 pretty pretty all right. I'd play that. Recommended is like that's oh yeah it's all right. You should play it. And then avoid is like oh god that's broken or it's really offensive or just like oh yeah that's going to do bad things to you. But, uh, the one in between that is just no badge, which is is somehow more of a, a, a snub, I think. Which means there's nothing. Yeah. It's some. It's sometimes worse to just be nothing. And that's what Sky Shines Bedlam was for me. Even though it looks really cool from the outside, it's. Um, I like the theme. I like that it's. One thing I really liked about it before I started playing was that it runs on the Banner Saga engine. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> before I started playing, which is uh, the Banner Saga is, is was one of my favorite games of uh, 2013, 2014 even, and um, it's like a, a, it's lovely mournful story about large Vikings yeah. and smaller humans. I actually played that quite recently. 
Oh, right, okay. Well, the, the the second one is is coming out. That's uh, why, yeah. At the start um, next year, I think. Because I remembered you playing it. Um, did when... you like that? Yeah, no, I did. Okay, I cool. did like that. That's um, right. It wasn't perfect by okay, any means. Yep, I agree. And towards the end, it really pissed me off. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, but I still liked it a lot, yeah. and I'm looking forward to playing more. Yeah, uh, and un- unfortunately, Skyshine's Bedlam, despite running on the engine, hasn't got the same kind of story to tell, and just picked up some of the weird, annoying things about the combat in that game, and, and didn't... Change them, but not in a sensible way. Like, the, no, it doesn't work. I yeah. mean, this the, the thing I found with it, right? So basically, it's it's it, for something that I immediately when I got into the combat, the combat is the same thing. Basically, mm-hmm. the combat engine is pretty much well, it's not identical, but it's very similar in terms of uh, the way that it's kind of a grid based thing. Yep. You have um, it's it's just really weird because basically the the, the whole grid based system. And the ability to do things like knock enemies back and all that stuff in the Banner Saga worked because it was very largely about melee combat. Yeah. Or about magic or about bow and arrows. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, like, it's mostly guns. And so you have this weird thing of being like, oh, well, this gun can't shoot this guy unless he's exactly four spaces away. Yeah, you're talking about the dead shots there. I can't you? remember, yeah. but it's, just yeah. this, it's, it's, it's a weird system of these different types of characters that all look quite similar but all behave in different ways. The combat they was all just look too like hard. Uh, knockoff Brotherhood of Steel characters. Yeah. So this is one thing I I don't think the combat was too hard. I think it was unfair in the end, and that's what really pissed me off about the game. Because a game that's got permadeath in it, which yeah. basically means when your characters die, they go on permanently. It's such a weird word. I I kind of thought about that earlier. Permadeath. What? Why death should probably do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, when when your characters die, they're gone. But when that happens and it's your mistake, and that that's like. The entirety of XCOM in many ways, like that is that can be great, that can be brilliant, that can be your own story. You know, your character died a hero's death or died in a stupid manner, but it was totally your fault. There, there are loads of moments in uh, Skyshine's Bedlam in which a character can die because the the, the way in which the, all of the troops were positioned at the start of the battle is sort of randomised, and so yeah. you've, you can have a really weak character in a position they just can't get out of. And yeah, like that, if just, you put time and effort into that character, you'll be furious. Yeah, there's so much about that whole setup in the combat system. And literally, I've got, I've got to be honest, I only played this game for about half an hour. I played about 10, and I don't think wow. the... Um, Fair enough. I mean, yeah. obviously, you've reviewed it. That's the way it works. But I, I don't think the full process changes an enormous amount. After half an hour, I was just done with it. I just looked at this, and I was like, you know, this, this combat system, there's so many things about it that really bother me. Like, mm. it's not visibly immediately obvious and clear like what the limitations and uh, abilities of all the characters are um, and there's no good visual signaling to remind you of that you yep. just have to keep looking at things all the that, time that's uh, an important point actually there were a few moments in it where with these small little details which you don't sound important on their own until you remember that permadeath is a thing um, the fact that like when you hide behind cover it doesn't it never makes it clear exactly what advantage that is giving to yeah. you so uh, when an enemy shoots at you sometimes they'll miss I don't know what percentage that is, and I played it for 10 hours. Sometimes your snipers can get a headshot, and it's often like a one-shot kill. Brilliant. I don't know what percentage that is, so how can I yeah. How can I ever make a decision based on that? And that's what turn-based strategy is all about. It's sitting back and looking at all the numbers that's and thinking. I mean. It just sounds to me like it felt really visually sloppy, and it felt like a lot of love and care had been put into things like the art design of the yep. characters and the little like cutscene style bits where there's like plot. They spent a lot of time making that look good. But then in terms of just giving you clear visual feedback about what was going on and what what mattered, it just didn't care enough. Like even simple stuff drove me mad, like the fact that all of the arenas are these deserts, you can't see where the edge like it doesn't make <laughs> it clear where the, the arenas are all very small and yeah. it doesn't just have a simple like line. 
they yeah. just remind you, you hover around where yours. it ends. Sure. And the few times I was, I found myself getting killed just because my sniper couldn't run to that bit of the desert mm. away from this thing. It's like what, like. I don't know. It, 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 for, for me, although it was a disappointing game, it reminded me that just adding permadeath to your game isn't enough. And I think since 2012, since XCOM, the reboot anyway, came back and kind of reminded people, this is a really freaking cool mechanic. Yeah. I think a lot of games have started thinking, oh yeah, we can use that, but it doesn't work on its own. It no. requires a game built around that idea. I think XCOM did it and it was clever because it didn't really well at first it didn't just brutally kill everybody yep and it allowed you to go attach these people the thing is when you're looking down because the visual style of the combat is so bland it doesn't give there's a nice picture of the characters on the menus yeah but you can't remember who's who when you're there this changes slightly later on uh, um in which because you start picking up these kind of uh what you call like legendary soldiers which in one way is good because it means then you have an attachment but on the other hand all of these characters and you start off with something like 16 at the beginning yeah they soon eventually just become a bit worthless expendable yeah yeah and and, and that's a shame i, I mean, know i just I, I it was the fact that it was as you say it was just killing people off really willy-nilly mm. and not really in a ways that didn't feel terribly fair yeah just being like oh that guy's dead okay fine and it, i didn't feel any attachment to the characters and the other thing as well though is most of the comparisons i saw to this there's a lot of positivity about this game on the net um to do with ftl and it's yeah, like no yeah because FTL, what's great about FTL is the fact that you're pretty much just on one screen. You've got all your people on that screen, mm-hmm. and you've got your ship. And really, the ship is what matters. The people you're proud of, and you want to protect them, but only because they make your yeah. ship better. And with this, it's like, you're supposed to care about this. It's just numbers. I think, yeah, I think that comparison comes from kind of a uh, sort of a ham-fisted way of describing how the, the world map works, and the fact that you're yeah, moving these areas and, and exploring, but the longer you explore, the harder the game gets. But... There are loads, yeah. I, I keep seeing that. I'm starting to get a bit fed up of um, people saying XCOM-like combat as well. Which it's not. To describe, it's not even nearly as good as XCOM. turn-based strategy. And, and I, I, that's a, this is a problem with we're talking about games in general, but we don't have enough words sometimes. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing. It's roguelike. It's a roguelike. Think where roguelike comes from, and it's weird to see like the, yeah. what that word it's even funny, means now. It probably seems really pissy for us to be getting really stressed about this, but it's, it's one of these weird things when you have these little darlings occasionally that people seem to love and then there's always for every type of game there's always then people who are like really into the genre like me and you who just go this isn't very good (laughs) it's the same thing with like you know when I play things like card games and stuff and PC card games and people like everyone loves Hearthstone it's like it's alright like it's very shiny but it's not actually very good um yeah to to, to be honest with Bedlam I think it's been I think critically it's it seems to have done alright but if you look at the reaction from the larger community I don't think it's it's being received no maybe no. not so yeah I, it's it's a weird one to have the podcast with but I wanted to just bring it up just because it, it, it reminded me that yeah permadeaths the things we like about XCOM and games within that genre you need you need to be smart about it you can't just like they they pick things like you can rename the characters but you never do in this because it doesn't matter it never no. feels important no and, that's the thing and I, so you can't just do a checklist of like how do I make a game that's a bit like XCOM or a bit like the Banner Saga or whatever it yeah it was just strange it just it just immediately threw me into this game where I didn't care about the characters and I had a, a lot of resource management to care about and I was like it's just <laughs> do, not do you know what this has actually taught you don't play the games that Chris is currently playing. <laughs> What's Chris playing? Don't go near it. No, no I, I heard other people talk about it, yeah. and I heard really mixed things about it, and I was interested, mm-hmm. so I dived in, and I just found right it questions. interesting. Usually, I wouldn't be. Um, usually, I, I wouldn't be like so immediately. Like I don't know. Usually, I wouldn't trust myself after just twenty minutes, half an hour. But because because I'd seen it was a bit of a roguelikey thing, because it was Fallouty. 
Mm-hmm. It's like I just I was so set up to really love it that usually I actually at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think that's why I I reacted. Uh, the way I did as well I was so ready to love this game usually I'm more forgiving for a little while though if something's not quite right if I love the theme and I love the style of game I'm more forgiving yeah like the Banner Saga I think is yeah, a fair precisely. example Banner Saga I forgave a lot of rubbish me too, me too. because I really liked the rest yeah. of it and even like there's so many games like that like even I know lots of people think that Rogue Legacy as a as a roguelike kind of adventure platformer is not very good mm-hmm. I agree with them it's not actually very good it's a fun, it's, but a lot of it is gimmicky and that wears off, but I still love it. Yeah. And I, I love it because I love that type of game. So for me to have this type of game where I love this type of game and immediately go, what is this? I don't like this at all. Um, yeah, I, just, I just don't, with, with Bedlam, I don't know what, what it's adding. I know, I, it looks like a checklist of cool features that I like, but the, the difference with the Banner Saga or Rogue Legacy is there's also something really cool that they're adding to this yeah. list that, that, that's sort of their own or doing it in a new way. Yeah, I think you're right, though, actually, about the kind of uh, permadeath thing, it being a, a trend that kind of hopefully will start to pass soon. Because I think another game which was kind of spoiled by permadeath was uh, Sunless Sea. Mm. Just because it was... Yeah, you repeat all this... Uh, Quinns has, has talked about this a few yeah. times, but you end up repeating the, the same text and it becomes so familiar. And So, yeah, it's an odd It system. becomes this weird thing of, in order to experience the, like, the story bits that you want to, you have to spend each time you die... You have to spend all this time like doing all of this back and forth grindy stuff and you get better at doing it more efficiently so you can make your money quickly so you can buy your fuel and buy your mm-hmm. food so you can go and see these stories but it feels very much like it loses a lot of its kind of story impact yeah yeah um, having to do things more than once yeah it's, it's still I had an amazing time but yeah, you that can one. kind of tell and I do wonder about that I've, you know it's the fact that they promised permadeath as part of the Kickstarter and then it, I think it's interesting maybe it was a feature that that could that have been cut, better, yeah. um, but they couldn't cut it because they promised it. It's sort of one of these pitch document things, you know. It, it's it's one it, it's the the feature that I think a lot of people assume it will make your game feel a bit more important, or at least the players' decisions feel more important. Because, because I think was because, was was this game was Bedlam kickstarted as well, was it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, because I'm kind of starting to worry about um, Kickstarter games, not because of the classic worry. Oh, you should never buy things before they're done. All that stuff. I don't think that's true. I think if you trust. A group and you want to see something happen why not mm-hmm. but I think that one of the things I've noticed particularly they're not flexible it's more that there are certain beats which people like and I think it's it's the same way that I think for the reason we have these Ubisoft games that have all of these kind of open world features sure. collectibles it's easy to pitch to marketing departments mm-hmm. because they go it's like this it's like this yeah, it's like yeah, this yeah. these all sold well this will work mm-hmm. that I worry now that these these buzzwords are just a different type of, of bullshit which are now becoming prolific because they know that a different crowd if you tick these boxes when you go oh it's roguelike permadeath yeah. that will excite a different audience and I kind of wonder if it's just a different flavour of the same bullshit and the people who, who usually go oh Ubisoft games I'm not playing that bollocks I like this sort of thing and now a bit too quick to just immediately throw yeah, money I mean, at things it's that worked, have these bullet points because both both of us ended up playing it because of those, those yeah no I know I know but then you realise that they're not always good and yeah. it's just, I think it's just an interesting thing when you actually have such strong bullet points like that in terms of a pitch you then it's difficult to get rid of them I mean yeah um, and maybe not always they're not always beneficial but it's interesting actually and another thing actually I played recently which Wait. which I didn't like very much so, <laughs> oh man this is this is unusual we're usually this week, the old school we're supposed to be like the ones that like games and listen, stuff listen <laughs> I think it's been a mad few weeks right okay um, we, for the past three weeks on Dark Souls we've been I've been hugely positive okay that's everything. right then that's right I've, you know some incredible games we've talked at length about Metal Gear Solid 5 yeah um, about Until Dawn which mm-hmm. is great as well and I, you know, I've just got into the Taking King. 
which oh, right, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I won't like blab on about. Sure. Have you have you done have you done anything to focus on that yet? Death Souls wise, because I feel like you probably need to. You need to have it. It's not with me. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear, hear it. About it. Uh, <laughs> Quinn's didn't want to hear it either. Last week he was like, "You can't talk about Taken King unless you can tell me in a minute what the plot is of the game." <laughs> and actually, I can because they've, yeah, actually, it's actually, it? they've actually fixed it now. They've actually made it a thing. But no, I, I'm I'm not going to talk about Taken okay. King with you because you don't care. Quinn's doesn't care. But if you go on to CoolGhost.net this week, actually mm. this Thursday when this goes out. Um, this Thursday there will be a big video from me which will be explaining why I think The Taken King is fabulous. Like, I think it's fantastic. Yep. I, I love I, Destiny. I've heard brilliant things about it from the people that it's do. It's so good. About the game. And it is so layered with little secrets um, which I'm still realising and discovering joyfully Excellent. that I love it. I mean, I found there's something tiny I found out today which blew my mind. It's the fact that like the daily missions, which are just you playing through story missions again, okay. but at a slightly harder difficulty. And then, so you play through his mission, it's a bit more difficult, um, but then you get like some rewards. It's basically a daily thing. The sure. idea is you log on, play for 20 minutes, make some progress. I understand they've that. now made Definitely. it so when you do these, in today's mission, and apparently in some of the earlier daily missions they've done it, in today's mission, instead of doing the mission normally, there's this one room where instead of you go the way you're supposed to, you go through a different door. And you keep going. <laughs> and then it triggers this whole other encounter with different enemies. And then there's this like timer and you've got 10 minutes to get through loads of really tough enemies. And then there's a really tough boss at the end with loads of tough enemies around it. And if you kill them, then you've got a chance of maybe getting some better treasure. But it's the fact that they've actually started doing this thing of being like, oh my God, they've got like secret missions within missions <laughs> that are like this? really high level stuff. And the other thing which has really won me over is the fact that it, up until now it's always been that you work, you work, you work, you play the game, you have a good time doing it, but then you, all you're working towards is the raid. Mm-hmm. And you're working towards doing the raid, and then the raid gets you the best stuff, and then you're done. But it seems like even though we've done a bit of the raid and got some of the rewards, we've found there are still, outside of the raid, there are quests and things which are difficult to the level of, or not more so, of the raid. So it's not, it's not the end, it's not like the kind of... Because otherwise you have this weird kind of the expansion so far you have this weird kind of empty feeling almost of being like you rush you do everything you yeah, get everything you're waiting for the reset on the you raid. do the raid and then you get the stuff yeah I like I, done. I often it. make this comparison and I, I sometimes worry that it's it, it doesn't quite work but I I played World of Warcraft sure. and I, I experienced a lot of the same uh, motivations and yeah I completely get I, 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 and I can't mock you because you know what you know what I hate more than people that adore Destiny the people that hate Destiny and like telling people about how much they hate Destiny. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. It's fine. You yeah. can say what you just said and there'll be people out there listening to it that'll be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's cool. All right. It, it drives me mad as well. It's awful. It's, it's not. It's actually really good. Yeah. Um, no, it's fun. It's, it's, it's interesting how like it has to balance these two things. That's that's the big issue for me. Is it has to balance this uh, this World of Warcraft style mm-hmm. tradition of like how these games work in terms of yeah. enticing you with how numbers. Do you keep them back? Sure. How do you keep people coming back? And that's a really difficult game to play because whilst you entice people with this type of progress of being like get better bigger numbers it's a very easy way to get people really hooked in but it's also like a really dangerous because then once they hit the end suddenly they have no purpose yeah and the sad thing i think with destiny is that it's still fun like the the process of going around and shooting things with guns never stops being fun Mm -hmm. but because the power of that number spell is so strong when you feel like um, when you feel like what you're doing is pointless in terms of the numbers, suddenly it just feels like a waste of time. And it's this weird thing of being like, 
It's such a bizarre it's thing weird. to describe, isn't it? If you tried to describe that to someone outside of, I don't know, maybe uh, the the general feeling of progression is is universal, but like, it's it's strange that you need that. I completely get it. I completely understand it. I've experienced that myself. But it's like it's why it's, is it so important? I don't know. I wish it wasn't. I mean, in in stuff like in old MMOs, it it was different because really all you were doing was just clicking on stuff and pressing buttons, and it had flashy animations sometimes, and there was occasionally a bit of thought required can, in terms of the order of what you did okay, things and sure. how you did things, but. Really, in terms of game mechanics, it's more fun to shoot than it click. wasn't that much fun. Like, okay. whereas actually, like the guns feel amazing, and jumping around and throwing grenades and shooting things is fun. Mm-hmm. But it's just this weird thing of like suddenly shoot, shooting an in the fun head is fun, but it's less fun than shooting it. It's not fun at all if you don't maybe get some more fake trousers yeah. that you need. But they've they've mixed it all up, and I I, I say I'm not, I've already talked about it for a few minutes now because so <laughs> uh, I, I I'm very I just excited didn't want to be that guy. I hate no. I hate that guy. No, I do as well. I do as well, and now I probably will start the video actually uh, when it goes up of, of just being like, <laughs> "Hey, listen, if you don't like Destiny, just shut up. Go away. It's not fun." <laughs> Why did you click on this? It no, annoys me because it's this this mentality that people say. And actually, you're a gamer. You guys can you get please this. post this video on your gamer? Because <laughs> honestly, we. I I don't know how familiar you are, you are with it, but like, I've seen I've seen that it's, it's, it's rubbish. There is a, I th- I think it's two things. One, there there are some people um, on the Ugame team that are very passionate like yourself about Destiny, yeah, and want to talk about it, and perhaps do talk about it more than they uh, usually would, just because they're so invested in the game. Yeah, which I think isn't that's not a bad reason. Um, and so yeah, the people have kind of got tired of that, and there's a backlash because of the type of game Destiny is, and, and yeah. as you said, like this number game does look a bit. Looks a bit gross from an outside perspective, sure. Even though I get it, um, but it's got to the stage now that even articles that don't have anything to do with Destiny and have uh, people will like comment stealth Destiny article. That has become like the phrase of Eurogamer. It's like it follows the follows people around like a curse. The thing is, though, right? And I've seen I this, don't understand it. I've seen this. I've felt this at first hand. Don't a click bit, on the article. And I've seen this on Eurogamer a bit. <laughs> how much Euro, Eurogamer gets stick for talking about Destiny too much? And it's one of these things where it's like. Well, right, look, I get that not everyone is interested in this game, but a lot of people are really into it. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people. And a lot of the time when people say this, they're not just saying, oh, it's a bad game. They're like, no one cares. No one cares about Destiny. No one yeah, cares. It's like, you know what? Millions of people yeah. really care about it. Like, and I'm one of those people, despite the fact I just that... Not on, I don't know that all of them are on the same part of the internet as us. I wish that, I wish there was more of it, because it does seem... I don't know who they are, Yeah, where honest, are you? But... Do you play Destiny? If you play Destiny... Uh, can you write in? I honestly and... <laughs> believe the way the game has been made in Destiny, the way the game has been made, means it actually appeals a lot more to dun, 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 casual gamers. Mm-hmm. And not in that old school sense of, you know, like, uh, dirty casuals, but just people who aren't as interested in reading about game. Well, they're actually reading, but they're not the sort of people who are going to comment. Sure. You know, they're not the sort of people who are going to go... All right, I'll I'll write about. I think this. that was someone ringing to say that they play Destiny. By the way, I had somebody at my door just wants to angrily talk about Destiny. <laughs> Are you talking, Are about, you talking about Destiny? There? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, it's it's really frustrating that, mm-hmm. that the people are just just so negative about it. But I do think that a lot of people who play it are just the sorts of people who don't comment on stuff as much, maybe. Yep. And I think it's it's that's fine. And I think there's a, a couple of reasons for that, and a lot of them are the reasons why people who consider themselves to be serious gamers hate the game, and I love it. And I think there's there's two things. One, the fact that it's things like voice communications off as default. Like, do you want to talk to people? Like, do you want to talk to strangers? Yeah. It's off as default. And I love that because it means that I only ever talk to people in that game when I want to, which is mostly never. Right. But I don't want to I don't want to hear strangers. I don't want to hear someone shouting at me because I've messed up in multiplayer. I just want to 
keep shooting stuff. And the second thing is I like the pace of the game. I like the fact that it's, you know, it is only 30 frames a second. And because of that, it's not this super frantic thing. It's much more kind of slow, balletic, and it's got a certain you pace to it. You like a game that's 30 frames a second? I do. Jesus Christ, man. I, I was with you with the whole Destiny thing. Are you going to get us in so much trouble? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> We're going to get another ring at the door. I honestly don't care. I think it's one of those things where it would be nice if it ran a bit smoother, but mm-hmm. you don't notice because the game, and this is what people have always said, and this is what I've always believed, if the game is built for whatever, as long as it's static, it doesn't matter. Like, if the game is built for 30 frames a second from the ground up, it doesn't matter. In the same way that if it's built for 60, it, it doesn't matter. But it's when you have it where it's not running the way it's supposed to. That's a problem. Yep. But with this, it never. it's weird. Like It never feels slow. It always feels just right. You never get this sense of being like, oh, it doesn't look very smooth. It's just... And I think actually sometimes with, with uh, 30 frames per second games, they can almost hurt your eyes after a while they can somehow not feel as nice to look at for long periods sure I think uh, yeah, Bungie probably have probably got some experience in. they know what they're doing they know what they're doing but anyway I, feel right. I just feel like there's a lot of people who are just the sorts of people like me who find modern shooters to be a bit too intense and a bit too in your face in more Speaking than one which, way I don't know um, like even if you follow this if I only know because I was keeping up the site today like there was uh, a Halo 5 embargo um, so some like preview information came out sure today. Do people care about Halo anymore? It feels I like I don't know. It feels like that's that game, that huge brand, is starting to struggle a bit. I I don't know that 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 this might me me be me a little bit out of touch with um like the the well, shooter crowd perhaps, but I kind it, of feel that it feels, like it doesn't feel the same. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, a lot of people who love Halo. They've kind of grown up now, mm-hmm. and I don't know if what they necessarily want. Have some of them followed Bungie to Destiny? Think I or? reckon people might have done. Maybe not they follow Bungie, but it's just that it feels similar. You know, yeah. it's chunky, but it's it's easier to get into. You've still got that high level play where you can really be challenged, but it's not as demanding of your synapses <laughs> as a lot of these games are. And I don't know, it's it's a weird thing for me because it's like I never stopped loving first person shooters, but I stopped being able to play them as well um, because I just didn't have the time to commit and the and the mental energy as well. That's a big thing. The mental energy, that focus, which when you're younger, when you're you've got like synapse juice coming out of the wazoo, you're that's, fine. That's disgusting. I, sorry, that sounded really bad. Yeah, but <laughs> but you're fine. You can do all this stuff. But now I'm a bit older. I'm tired. You know, part of me playing games, part of me is relaxation. Mm-hmm. But I that means that mostly I can't play shooters because they require too much of me. Whereas with Destiny, I can it's because it's between. it's a bit slower. It's a bit more forgiving. Um, and yeah, it's, it allows me to still play shooters and feel like I'm really good at shooters. I can't remember the last time I played a shooter and felt really yeah, good Yeah, that's, that's the difference, isn't it? Um, and it manages to trick me in that way. And <laughs> I, I wonder how many people... Generally, I, I feel like the community when I'm playing online, just by watching their behaviour and how they just behave in terms of mannerisms and stuff, um, generally seem quite polite and quite nice and I think just maybe a bit more mature. And I, I do wonder that maybe what we have here really is the appearance of of Destiny not being this game that anyone cares about, but then having like millions of these lurkers yeah. who are just people who are sort of our age but have jobs and don't really care about games that much, but I really like playing this game. Yeah. And they're just, oh, another art clip, oh, a video about that, I'll watch that. Um, so it's this weird like zombie audience that doesn't exist, apparently, but when you look at the numbers, quite blatantly does. Yeah, man, the amount of freaking 30-second advertisements I've watched for Destiny the Taken King... I think that's I think that's probably what what soured me the most. Like, I oh think yeah, yeah, I'm on YouTube a lot, so I I've seen that same advert. I think Destiny's been great. 
Activision are a beast, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff comes with that. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, a lot of the, there are a lot of problems with that, and there are a lot of problems with the, the way that the games um, being sold in terms of the pricing and uh, a lot of stuff I don't agree with there. Um, and it's difficult because that stuff is is annoying. But then, regardless of that, you do look at the Taken King and you look at what's there, and it's really impressive. And the fact that it isn't just as simple as as lots of people were very quick to try and condense it down to mm. being like, well, what do you get? Oh, you get this many missions and this many strikes and this much of a raid, and it costs this much. That's outrageous. And looking <laughs> at it very much like like simple points like yeah. that. But then you realise that after you finish the campaign, like the campaign, I won't spoil it, but the campaign isn't over. There are there are more missions, and there's a lot of weird, as I was saying, lots of weird secret things they've nestled in. So it's not that the value isn't inherent in the same way most expansions are of being like new guns. New levels, yeah, but uh, done. It's like they've squeezed in lots of things, and I've been playing it probably for about 25, 30 hours, and I still feel like there's I'm I don't know what I'm missing. There's going to be like more stuff that I don't know about yet. That's cool. So that's very cool. But as I say, I'm really going to well, we talk now. about this. <laughs> you should never say, never say to me, don't talk about this. Do you remember the old podcast video game, Dark Souls? I just yeah. every week, Dark Souls. So yeah. at least it's positive. Anyway, um, yeah. I love it, and if you want to know exactly why and why I think the new design is really clever, then do check out CoolGhost.net on Thursday. We'll have a nice big it, chunky see. video. It's, it's cool. got a lovely neon pink. I like it's that. Pink. Pink. It's very cool. Thank you. Yeah, pink is genius, cool. right? You know why? Pink. I like pink. It's just quite a nice colour. It gets rid of idiots. <laughs> this, I'm not sure if I've said this on the podcast or not. If I have, and I'm repeating myself. You think it scares away people? I think it does. I think. I think it's like feminine or something. I think so. Yeah, amazing. I honestly think that it, it just puts off a certain type of person because they go, "Oh, I don't want to look at a, a, a video games. Video games show video games. The sort of person blue. who looks at a website and goes, "Video games shouldn't be on a big bright pink site. <laughs> I don't want them." So yeah. and so far, it seems to be quietly working because we, we just seem to be creating a haven of people who are having interesting conversations about games without any arseholes. So if that sort of thing sounds interesting to you, then, then do check out CoolGhost.net. Yeah. It's, it's pink. On its big, daft, pink website. What have you been playing recently you've liked? So uh, one thing, it, it's, not, it's not out yet, but a, a demo that I've uh, I had a bit of a play around with was for Total War Warhammer, and it's probably one of the best things I've played this year. I don't want to get too excited about the game because... I think Total War often you've been let down by the Skaven before. Uh, more, more the Total War than the Warhammer. Um, they, they, it yeah, they've very been really, well. really patchy, haven't they? And I think they got hit really badly with uh, with Rome too, because that was the the really big ambitious one. It was returning to the the kind of setting that people loved. It it looked incredible when they uh, when they showed like the, the first gameplay of it. Then it turned out that maybe Rome had been built in a day. I I heard the exact moment when you came up with that joke because you went. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a joke that everyone came up with at the time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I imagine so. But I've forgotten. It's fine. Um, but yeah, this. Uh, who would have thought it? Total War and Warhammer seemed to like mix incredibly well. Like hugely successful tabletop game. Probably. Well, it's uh, great, isn't it? The best grand strategy experience whole, you can have. The whole problem with, with Warhammer, there's two problems with Warhammer. One, it expects you to spend an inordinate amount of yep. money on the hundreds of small plastic figurines. Mm-hmm. And two, when you start playing it, it's really the rules hard to play with. Oh, are so fucking tedious. That's, yeah, and also like trying to play with other people on a regular basis, unless you go to the shop itself, yeah. that was always impossible. It's a nightmare. I mean, I like, I like Warhammer as in the setting. Mm-hmm. I love the lore. I love the fact that the law is oh, all can horrible. I, can I? Uh, can I, I need to 
describe the character that so um I was playing as the the dwarfs not the dwarves is in Warhammer I can't remember dwarfs. this is this new Warhammer or old Warhammer so it's now old Warhammer which okay. it's, they literally they rebooted, rebooted Warhammer and for, I, I'm not sure I, I like the look of it as much it's kind of okay. a bit space marine um, but yeah th- this character from old Warhammer who is the leader of the dwarfs his name is Hiking Fulgrim Grudgebearer I think is his name sounds legit and his whole thing his entire deal right is he's got he's got this massive book called the book of grudges and he just writes things that he's really pissed off about that like other races have annoyed the dwarfs or like some like I don't know someone's like shafted him a few weeks ago he writes it in his big book and like his entire thing is that he goes around being angry about things that people have done to him in the past and apparently that's going to play into how you control that faction and everything and, and like most of your objectives will come from trying to right these these wrongs I don't know anything about the, the character and I've, I've looked into it a little bit like um, you know the, obviously the Warhammer universe is a bit more complicated than that well, it's mostly just really like, it's just him it's he's pissed off just horrible people having a bad time yeah like, it's pretty, pretty grim I love that I mean, especially in 40k the 40k universe was just like all of these incredibly powerful dangerous people they're all just really grim. Like, all I, I, of the I races think Warhammer grim. Fantasy is shares a lot of that actually, uh, by the sounds of it. Yeah, and um, I just think, yeah, I, I played this played this demo, and it just it was just wonderful. Like being, the the attention to detail of the units. It's at, like I'm not a huge Warhammer buff, but you can you can definitely see like the clear uh, one for one with some of these units. And it is like you say, playing Warhammer itself is a pain in the ass. Yeah. really expensive. And this is going to be a really amazing way to kind of uh, mess around with it. I am kind of quietly excited by it game. because I've never played a Total War game so successfully. I, I was talking to a few people about this recently. Like, is do people think Total War is hard to get into? It is quite because I don't think it is. I think it looks hard. I think it looks intimidating. I think that I I think the problem was I I think the one I tried to play mm. was a Napoleonic one. Ah, yeah, that that's that Total War Napoleon or something. Yeah, okay. um, I think it's yeah, that's right. And um, Napoleonic Loney. You know, it was, I think it was just Napoleon. Um, yeah, and then Empire was was a similar kind of deal. But yeah, that that was a little bit different because they were kind of moving away from your kind of traditional uh, swords, bows and arrows. Yeah, I, I think cavalry. the reason I struggled with it was because I started playing it, and I don't care about that era. That makes a huge difference. I'm a massive Total War fan. I've ne- and most people uh, would argue that Shogun is perhaps the the best of the best there. It's never worked for me. I've always been like really into the Rome, really into the medieval stuff. The setting is way more important than you might think. That's what I'm thinking because the problem was I started playing and I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I had all these gunmen on a hill and and some other stuff and some horses or something. I don't know. And I just I tried to do this battle and it was this. I like the in theory this idea of giving people broad stroke like being like you go around here, you flank around here. I just got massacred because I didn't actually understand and I just felt like it was a bit too much hard work I was like oh this yeah. expects me to know about how muskets work and stuff and I, th- like, I think Warhammer might be a bit more approachable just because everyone will get the well the also rules. I like Warhammer yeah and that like, will that will help I don't so know much. why I like Warhammer um, but I do <laughs> did you like for me it was uh, when I was I was younger and, and video games hadn't quite managed to to do what Warhammer was doing I think and I just yeah loved, I, I think that's where a lot of the, my love for strategy games comes from. Yeah. Um, that kind I, of stuff. I, I think I collected 40k orcs. And then did you realise it's a fucking pain in the ass to play? Yeah. actually <laughs> quite expensive. I think I collected Chaos as well for the just for traditional Warhammer. But it was just very expensive. And I yeah. mean, it, unfortunately, Warhammer was basically a business model, just a trap to ensnare um, geeky, lonely teenage boys and make them feel like they were surrounded by cool people. Well, of course, the cool people weren't all cool people. They were just 
the next generation of... <laughs> well, that's a dark lonely. way of thinking about That's it. how it works, right? It was like the, everybody kind of grew out of it and the people who didn't grow out of it... Went, went to work for Games Went Workshop. to work for Games Workshop. It wasn't even growing out of it, actually. It was mostly people run out of money. It's not yeah. like a kind of moral thing. It's not like, oh, I, yeah, I but, but that. I think a lot of people, uh, like the two of us, have a sense of nostalgia for that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That there's less like, like, and it will, I'm totally up for... I never really got to have a proper it. game of it. I think that's the thing. is like, I had lots of little... Skirmishes, but they were always oh, rubbish. It was always unsatisfying. This, this demo, this demo, man, right? I've got. <laughs> so I think it's something like 1300 dwarfs, which you can never get on a tabletop anyway, so that was pretty excellent. Uh, like a big line of infantry, it's all underground. We're fighting in these dark tunnels that used to belong to them, and they've been taken by the goblins and that kind of stuff. So you've got a grudge against the goblins. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah uh, that's in the book. Oh, mate, that's number one. Um, and then, like. <laughs> Fuck goblins. <laughs> Behind them, you've got you've got the the range unit, so it's like crossbowmen. Oh, that's all right; it's a bit boring. Uh, like powder guns, it's a bit Napoleon, whatever. Flamethrowers. I didn't even realize that was a thing. Dwarfs with flamethrowers. Why Excellent. not? And then cannons, man. Actual cannons that you uh, you Light set up, up and and, and just hold a line, and it's wonderful to watch, and it was just so much fun. I I I think it could be massive. Then again, as I said, still a lot more to total more than that. They could still fuck it up. Yeah, but this is. This is what I just remember the, the, dis- the huge disappointment with Rome because that's the thing is I didn't play Shogun I missed the boat with that and I was really down to play Rome yeah and then when Rome came out I just remember how sad you were yeah it, it, and, <laughs> which is which is strange I think that's put a few people off and and the Total War like fans haven't really forgiven them for it but I'm hoping they'll be fine it's, this time it's worth pointing out that Rome Two by the way is actually a great game now it, it, they patched it for a year um, continuously for a year after release. Which, partly to appease some pretty angry fans, partly because the next game they were releasing was on the same engine, and right. also the one after that. They're like, we've got <laughs> so, to work oh, out yeah. um, so, uh, But as a result, that, that game is actually in really good shape now. Uh, and it, it's totally... what You could t- jump into Rome 2 today and have a, a blast with it as well, even though that is the one that everyone goes, ooh, they fucked that out, didn't they? They, they did. now, yeah. But they, they did eventually fix it's it. It's true of quite a few games, actually. Um... Well, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that it's going to be, it's going to be something I'll get into. I don't know. I always like the idea of Total War games. Yeah. I've heard so many good things about them, but I, I yeah, I think Nothing I just tried the wrong. No one. other strategy game or, or game in general has really captured that sense of scale for me. The fact that the, the, the best feeling in Total War is when you're, you're kind of up high, looking down at your army like an eagle flying over them, or whatever, and then you, they engage in combat, and you just scroll the mouse wheel really quickly and it just zooms straight in you can see individual people fighting and there's no delay in that in that zoom in it's like you just jump straight into the action I've got to say tech at the moment is doing some really impressive stuff it's ridiculous that. Like, I the moment, like, how good things look yeah. not just about how good things look but how much you're able to like just show happening at once yeah. as if it ain't no thing I know it's just like I mean MGS5 is incredible on PC it's yeah. just like what, what's going on with this where did this come from? It's unbelievable. I, I, we are we are living in a, just a golden age. I think this year is actually an especially great year for yeah. games. I really do. Uh, it's been so much amazing stuff, and we're not even yeah. Nearly it feels there. like we're, we're we're done. We're wrapped up. But there's it, it, it's ridiculous. Like The Witcher Three and Metal Gear Solid, two of the most yeah. impressive open world games ever, and they. Actually, they came out too close to each other. That's that's the problem. I haven't been able to do anything with The Witcher Three. I've, I've barely touched The Witcher Three, yep. and almost it, it's like this thing that it almost puts me off just because yep, I know too. how big me it too. is. Yep. I'm like, I don't know, I want to touch yeah. it. Yeah, well, um, I, th- I found Metal Gear a little easier to to fall into and just play around with ind- individual missions. And I've been trying to just go and check out little things a bit more. Yeah. Um, actually, I did say I'd talk about it, so I'll talk about it briefly. But um, 
Um, I'm not probably not going to make a video on it specifically because it's one of the things where if it's a smaller game and the same with Bedlam, it's like yeah. I'm not going to. There's no point making a video that's just like this isn't good. Yeah. My, when, my general rule is if I don't think people already heard about it, why, why bring yeah. it up to just why be like that? this is shite. Um, but something uh, I I played recently just because I was uh, I had a few people say I should check it out. Uh, Armello, I just thought was like it was a really beautiful looking game that just didn't really have a lot to offer and. I was really disappointed in that, and it was interesting because it's basically it's like so a. So I I quite enjoyed it, but I th- this I, you come from a much more board game focused background than I do. Sure. I th- I, I, do you like have a website or something about it? Yeah, um, yeah, we do. I, so for for me, I don't get to play board games very often. I found it quite nice. Um, I played it with a few friends, which helped. Um, I, is it not interminably slow with other people? Because I found that playing against AI, even when the AI was doing everything immediately, it just felt like it took so long. We, but we played it sort of like we were playing a board game. Like it was there was between uh, turns, and when you're waiting for your. Did you play it in the office? Uh, one of the people was in the office. And okay. we, we, yeah, I could see that person. No, I just wonder because it's the sort of thing where if you've got time and you're not just sitting down to try and play, and you can just do it in between things, it's maybe less of a. Yeah. Oh, it was. We, we just set up some. Like we set like a couple hours aside and just kind of joked and laughed around with it, and maybe. Maybe that's been coloured by the fact that I just had, I, I really like the people I was playing with. Well, that's it. If you can actually, it sounds like you're playing in basically a LAN environment. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, if you can do that, yeah, that's awesome. But then that's the problem is like it's you're not going to do that. I've only done that once. Yeah, and yeah. you're not going to be able to do that like largely. Um, it has got online, but it doesn't have any. Maddeningly, doesn't have any kind of uh, hot seat, even if it's like right leaving the room. I guess I get why because they're like, oh, you don't want to show your cards to other people and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's this weird thing of I was just playing it and it's like, well, it's it's kind of a board game. Um, it's 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 a board game video game basically. Yeah, but it's an original board game, um, and yeah, there's a lot about it to really like. I, I love the art style, the animations. It's beautiful. a bit. Do you? I don't know. Uh, do you know Redwall? Um, series of books at which are no. basically about about characters like that, animals dressed up as knights. It's way cooler than it sounds. It was. It's, a, <laughs> it's mainly for children, but I, I used to think it was really cool. That's and, fine. You were a child once. Yeah. Warhammer and Redwall. Oh, Red <laughs> Explains so much, doesn't I it? I was always into the animals of Farthing Wood, personally. Okay. Um, big, big fan of that. Sounds pretty um, nerdy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I used to get the magazines. It was great. I got a little box to collect them all in. Fantastic. <laughs> I you needed know. that information. Yeah, I needed great. to know that. That's great. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Basically, it just does this thing of just being way too slow. And it almost having this strange thing of the fact that you see sometimes how it's like oh yeah, it's helping you out by having like, oh, it does all the calculations for you, so it's mm-hmm. quicker than it would be if it was an actual board game. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, but it's not an actual board game, is it? So if it's having to like do calculations to speed them up for you, like maybe it should just be simpler. Like maybe it doesn't need to be there. And there's a simple things, and I found it interesting because I get asked this a lot about um, about what video games can learn from board games right. in terms of like, you know, what, what can the genres, what can the whole medium learn from this other, at the moment, very exciting fresh medium um, and it's more like that's a really difficult question but in this it's like what can what can video games that are trying to be board games learn from board games and that's what this game does look at it and just go you've made something that appears to be a board game but you haven't actually learned from the way that board games are played like and there's some really maddening stuff in it that's just I mean first of all it's a very casual slow game that you're supposed to just sit back and enjoy the text on all the cards is tiny which means that <laughs> you can't you have to be sitting close to the screen otherwise you right. can't do it so you can't just sit back and relax the pacing is a problem 
Pacing is also a problem in the fact that one of the wonderful things about the medium of board games is you can control the pacing to a degree. I mean, like sometimes if the pace is so slow, you can just say, shall we just end it next round? Yeah. You just decide that you've had enough. But more than that, it means that if you want, you can fastidiously take the time to do things slowly or you can speed it up a bit. And a simple thing in this is that when your character moves around, it just there's no option in the game to speed up the movement of anything. You can't be like, can I change yeah, the animations? animations yeah. Whereas if it feels like a game striking on a board game, you'd be like, one, two, three, four. Like, right. One, two, three, four. Okay, let's do it. Come on, let's do it quicker. And you start to speed it up when it feels like the game is coming to a close you can accelerate it. And in this, it means all the way through, it kind of has this very methodical pace. The, the other thing is tactility, right? One of the wonderful things about board games and analog games is how, how things feel, right? And obviously you can't do that in video games. You can't actually have things physically feel, but you kind of can as well. You can give things a sense of, of, of physicality that mm-hmm. feels nice. And actually, Crimson Shroud on the 3DS. So you're going to start talking about Destiny Guns then? No, no, no. I'm out. I promise. <laughs> no more today. Yep. But Crimson Shroud had a thing where you got to throw actual physical dice by using a stylus to flip sure. them. And the way the dice landed and rolled and the way they looked and the way you could hold them in your hand and move them around before releasing, it was awesome. Right. It kind of made the game. And for a game which is a board game, the dice in it are bollocks. Like, the dice don't have any... They roll around madly. They don't behave like dice. They don't feel nice to throw. <laughs> Weird. So this is... Yeah, I, I, I'd said at the beginning, we, we've come at this from different backgrounds. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'd never even um, spoke to me. Like the, In fact, with the dice in particular, and I think you, you raise an interesting point that I wonder if it could they could have had a more uh, straightforward system there. I love the fact that they were dealing with all the calculations because it's the, the combat in particular, when you, when you do go up against another character... There's so much going on yeah. that I would I would have hated to play that board game. Yeah, but that but, board game would have been a bad board game. But but it gets That's around thing, it yeah. I, because it's a video game by by handling that. And yeah, I, of course. I yeah I I didn't even. Didn't even think about. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because in your head you go, oh, that's good because the game does it for me. But it's like, well, no, they've invented this. Like, yeah, they've invented it like this. It doesn't have to be this complicated. And there there are. Don't get me wrong. There I, are actually some really yeah. interesting. Ideas and I, I, I should say I love the, um, the the theme of it as well. Uh, so a, a, a full game of Armalo basically uh, you you each control a different animal character. Mm-hmm. It's way cooler than it sounds. No, that's like that, that aspect of it is and awesome. The, the the plot of the game is that the king is dying. This great lion in the middle of a castle in the, in, in slap bang in the middle of the board is, is dying from some kind of weird magical disease, and it's driving him mad. And the entire world changes as the game goes on. So by the time you eventually get to the stage where you can rescue him, uh, the world is dark, his visuals have completely changed and he's starting to make all these crazy decisions that affect your game. And you get to that stage and you don't have to cure him. You can, depending on your playstyle, you can kill him or uh, try and take his place. And it's a much darker game than I would have ever expected when I started. And I love that. I thought that was, was really, really I, brilliant. Thematically, I love it. I love this thing, this idea of rot. Yeah. And, rot, yeah, yeah. Sure, uh, yeah. And this idea that it's basically a corruption. And, and the fact that you can, if you want, pursue that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can embrace the, the, the dark side, the rot. But it was mechanically a bit funny as well. I started doing that and I found the most effective way to do it was just to repeatedly get killed by certain enemies. So you right. just start fighting get fights that you can't win, which mm-hmm. felt a bit weird. It was like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's one of these things where it's, it's, it's very pretty. And it's very nice, but it's like, it's not very interesting. It's like a, a digital version of a board game, but it's not a very interesting board game. It's thematically very interesting, but the mechanics of it don't really work as well. And another thing which doesn't work as well, especially it would have been fine if if you were maybe playing it in 
a in a kind of environment where like like you would a board game. Yep. But you can't really get a sense of how well other people are doing, and that's that's a fault of the way that the game is is made. Really, it's a very small map, very small board, and you can't zoom back all the way and get a real a real feel quickly for what the state of play is. In the same way that if you have a board in front of you, you can go, "What's going on? How much money they've got?" You can see a pile of coins. You know, you can be like, "They've got yeah. loads of money," or they've got loads of they've got two of those things. They only need two more of them, and they've won. Yeah, I think in this you have to kind of you have to bring up the character cards and kind of have a look at. I play, yeah, so I played about two or three things, and I didn't. Every time I found it very difficult to get a sense of where the game was at or how well I was doing or... I don't know. It's not bad by any means. It's not like, you know... I, I, obviously, I, I played it for about three or four hours, so I was, I was mm-hmm. interested. But I really wanted there to be more something there. And uh, I just found it interesting how it's like, yeah... It's one of these things, it kind of gets put in the same box for me as things like Hearthstone, of everybody getting excited about it because it's like, oh, it's yeah. it's kind of like a board game thing. But it's like, yeah, it's not a very good board game. Though. It's, <laughs> it's like an okay board game. But it says a lot that... I, I had fun playing it like it was a board game, which maybe means that we need more games that can achieve that. that are, like, you can play with just, like, more Mario Party-style things, where it's just four friends sitting around uh, joking and laughing whilst playing a game. Uh, obviously, that's their primary focus, but not the only focus. You know yeah. I mean? No, I get that. I get that. I just think it's one of those things where... One of the best examples, actually, I've, I've been thinking about this recently, one of the best examples of a video game board game mm-hmm. was actually um, I think Monopoly a version of Monopoly on the PlayStation 2 now I don't really like Monopoly I don't think it's a lot of fun yeah me either um, but this version of Monopoly was actually quite good in the fact that it didn't waste your time and it did stuff like it allowed you it had, it had simultaneous controls so you could just be like you could be buying and selling stuff and making offers with other players whilst other people were taking their roles and often you were all rolling simultaneously, so you all move at the same time, and then all the money happens. <laughs> That's crazy. And it was super fast. I mean, I, I didn't like Monopoly, but this was kind of fun. That's interesting, because only a video game could ever achieve that, yeah. a video game version of it. It just went, okay, here's the information you I'll, need to I'll handle all the maths. I'll just handle it all. Well. It would just go, you're all your dice, you'll move this, and it would go, ching, and just work out what happened with all the money. And then it would be like, you do an auction, and then you'd all get to bid live in the auction. Kind of made the auctions exciting because it did that kind of theme park thing of being like, "Oh, time's going down. Are you going to increase?" Oh, and you, yeah. at the last minute, you could eBay it and be like, "Last second, get a good <laughs> deal." Uh, so it was like, yeah, it actually took quite a, a turgid, stale uh, board game and turned it into something which actually worked as a video game and actually made it made full advantage of the medium. Whereas I feel like Armello is a bit too ponderous and a bit too enjoying its aesthetic and enjoying the pace mm. of going one move this move, this, and the fact right. that it doesn't even give you the option to speed up those animations, it's just like, this is how people play games. Like, And it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I just found it frustrating because I really, I was like, when I booted it up again, I was like, I'm going to love this. And then I was like, what is this? This is not, Yeah, it's not a great board game and it's not a great video game. And it's this weird, like, middle ground. And I think at the moment, because board games are getting so popular, um, in, especially in Europe and America, we're going to see a lot more of these kind of video game board games. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing some on the, the mobile devices, right, with Hitman and Tomb Raider and uh, kind of board game inspired. Yeah, I suppose so, stuff. actually. I haven't um, really checked them out. I, me neither, but I, I, I hear they're pretty okay. Are they board game inspired? I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the way you move around. It's, is it Hitman Go and... Uh, is it Laura Croft Go? I don't think it's Tomb Raider Go. I, other names. Um, yeah, they're, they're supposed to be very well regarded. Hmm, interesting. Um, and it's one of those things that it's like they're a mobile game and you have to start with that but it's alright yeah. no yeah no I get that I, I, I want to check them out it's just not this there's too many things but no, I just think it's, it's an interesting thing and I think what I'd like to say about Armada I don't want to just be like oh this is a bad game don't play it what, what I'd like to take away from it really 
is the fact that um, I think it's interesting when people start to do this and to take the designs of board games and make them digital, make them mm-hmm. video games. They're, it's this more than just looking at the design. I think you can't just look at, at the pieces and look at the board and look at the rule book. You need to actually understand how people play and how yeah. people fudge things and how people change the game and change the pace of the game and, and behave and integrate that. It's, it's this human element that needs to be um, understood in order to actually make something really good. I'd, I'd like to think that with Vofar Mallow and Bedlam, like even though we didn't rave about the games, that's been the point. Like there is, there are important things to take away from oh, absolutely. Both discussions absolutely. about stuff we really like. And that's why I mentioned, wanted to talk about both of them on the podcast because they're, they're yep. both sorts of things which are, they're not terrible by any means. I mean, Armello is definitely not terrible. I mm-hmm. do quite like it. Like I, I didn't really go on Bedlam, but there, there are interesting things to talk about there. Just yep. not enough to, to warrant full kind of, in my half, like full like videos about them because it's like sure. you basically would be saying, "Should I buy this?" Uh, not, not really. Yeah, it wouldn't but get a badge. It wouldn't get a badge. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't get a badge. It wouldn't get the the, the camp making badge, or you could do fires. Are you going to you going to start doing them soon? I'm not allowed to make the uh, uh, canoeing badge. I'm not allowed to acknowledge this. I want the canoeing badge. My, uh, Come on, hook me up. No, hook me up with a Eurogamer canoeing badge. Please stop it. I've got to stop. <laughs> this is actual actual bullying. Uh, anyway, we're going to have to wrap this up now because. Uh, I've got to go, and I've, Mate, got to, I've got to go to Birmingham. You've got to go to Birmingham. You're going. Yeah. I, I would, you know, say plug, plug the Eurogamer show, but the podcast is going out after the show. Yeah, and also, hopefully, it was all right. Hopefully, it'll be fine. Cool. Hopefully, nothing terrible will happen to Brat. <laughs> wow, what a thing to leave on. I know, right? What if something does now? Because this is this will be one like the last podcast ever did with fortune mate I'm going to withhold it <laughs> alright oh yeah okay that's fine. like gold record that's how I make my first million <laughs> I'm right do you want to hear Brat's last words <laughs> <laughs> I think it was something like you're horrible <laughs> you're, you're not horrible mate it's oh right. that's See? great that's a great last words to are. say thanks mate <laughs> I'm sure that'll be great anyway thank you very much for listening to ourselves if you have enjoyed it then um, you can subscribe on iTunes and you can also check out coolghosts.net uh, where we host the podcast and we host the comments and we have a bunch of other stuff on there that's really good basically Darth Souls is brought to you by Cool Ghosts I'm still getting used to saying these things it is bright pink though isn't it it's bright pink so if you don't like bright pink why don't you not come and uh, where can we check out the recent stuff you've been doing Brian? Uh so I work for Eurema and I we have a YouTube channel which is where a lot of my stuff goes up as I'm predominantly video and what have you done recently which people should check out uh, probably actually considering how much I raved about it you should check out what we've uh, shown of Total War Warhammer in fact because this is going up after EGX yeah. I'm doing a, uh, a live demo of um, of that exact demo that was a bad sentence a live playthrough of that exact demo uh, at the show and that will be that will be, be on online the right yeah. be on the channel fantastic mm-hmm. we'll go and check that out I'm looking forward to watching that myself lovely uh, and laughing whilst eating popcorn <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for joining me man it's a pleasure as always yeah definitely. and uh, thanks for listening we'll see you next time bye bye